Welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Guelph City Hall. I'm Wendy King, and on today's show, we're talking about Guelph's community plan, Guelph's anti-racism journey. My guests are community builders and equity leaders. Such an important topic, so let's get started. Well, it is great to be able to delve into this important topic, Guelph's anti-racism journey. And it's a bit different from our other podcasts in that I'm not talking with city staff, but rather community leaders. So let me introduce our panel. Marva Wisdom is a senior equity practitioner and the community plans lead external advisor. Nazra Hussein, a health equity advocate and one of the local leaders of Black Lives Matter Guelph, Lean Al-Habash, project manager for the Guelph-Wellington Local Immigration Partnership, a leader in local data related to race and immigration. And we'll meet Sarah Saheed, director of community services with the Muslim Society of Guelph. So welcome, everybody. I am super excited uh, to hear what you've been working on in this regard, such an important and timely issue. Um, Just by way of background, I believe in January of this year, Guelph City Council voted unanimously to join the UNESCO Coalition of Inclusive Communities. And in part of joining that, the city will develop an action plan to address the impacts of systemic racism head on and remove barriers to inclusion in the community. So to do this, the city is working with and learning from community organizations and leaders, as we're all going to today. So Marva, let's start with you. Can you tell us specifically what this community plan looks like? We had a, the first iteration of a community plan back in 2018. 2019, we call that plan one. And when George Floyd um, was killed in at the end of May, and we had the Black Lives Matter march locally, it was, we need to do more. We need to do what we said the community plan would do. So we need to open up that plan and make sure that we are looking at the areas that, that we need to tackle. The plan was supposed to have been a living, breathing document all along. And so it was perfect. And the city adopted a goal. And the goal is that we're going to set the community standard for the elimination of systemic racism. That was a lofty goal. I was one that was really quite surprised that the city said yes to this, but they have in a very enthusiastic way. And immediately we started reaching out to not only the folks from before, in community organization and elsewhere and all of the leaders, but most importantly, the BIPOC community that is most impacted by systemic racism. And so we are starting the conversation with Black and Indigenous population, and we had a town hall, and Nazra is going to speak to that a little bit later on. That was really um, very successful. We're learning to go deep and learning to understand Uh, how we effectively and properly and respectfully engage uh, Indigenous community. We know that in the past, um, sometimes the engagement hasn't worked as well because, frankly, we haven't done the work. So we're building trust across all communities and and then inviting the community to lead their own plan. One of the cool things about this community plan is that the city is supporting and the community is leading. So we are centering the community at this plan, community members who are most affected. And so that's in a nutshell uh, what the community plan is. And uh, we're really, really excited with the response that we're receiving. I'm fascinated that you guys are so on it so soon. Um, Like everyone else, I was, uh, you know, 
just struck by the the recent trial and uh, watched every single minute of that. And and you do, you feel like you need to do something. You just feel like, I don't know what I can do, but I need to do something and make, you know, make this right. So I know it's a hard topic. Are you finding people willing to talk because it's difficult to admit that there is racism or that perhaps you're the problem rather than the solution? Where are you with that? Are people willing to get into the discussion? Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier, Wendy, about the kind of community that Guelph is. People want to be a part of the solution. So we're slowing people down a tiny bit because you have a lot of learning and awareness to happen. Because if you don't learn and you jump in and try to take action, you might cause more harm than not. So one of the things that we do and one of the things that we say in developing this plan and working with the plan is we want to do no harm or as little harm as possible. And as soon as you know, you need to fix it right away. So the community broadly has embraced this and is just saying, what can I do? I am ready. And indeed, many community organizations are already working on their own education, their own awareness of what systemic racism is, because systemic racism digs deep. It is really Um, infused in all of our system. It is built on a colonial system. And what we say with the community plan, when we talk about that, we say that we inherited what it is now. We inherited systemic racism. And so we have to recognize that and approach people with a sense of grace and approach um, people with a sense of understanding that people will be uncomfortable talking about this topic, but ensure that we have open and safe space for all to work toward a solution, but always, always ensuring that the voice that are most impacted are primary. Absolutely. So, Nazar, this may be for you. I understand there was an anti-racism summit uh, held in April. Could you give us an idea of what you heard at that event? Yeah, so the Anti-Racism Summit was actually being facilitated by the Guelph Black Heritage Society. Um, and I just had a small part in that with the, we they had a Guelph Black Community Town Hall. Um, and I was one of the facilitators for it. And it was an opportunity for Black people in Guelph to congregate and feel like they were in a safe space and could collectively share their experiences and their story. Um, Like Marva indicated, the community plan is all about eliminating systemic racism, and that includes shared leadership, collaborative decision-making, and trust-building. And I think that the town hall definitely opened the door for that. Um, It involved people who are most impacted by systemic racism and their ideas and how to make wealth more welcoming and supportive and um, make changes that are meaningful to them. So um, the format of the town hall, it was broken up into three main areas. So um, the wonderful Marva, she facilitated a breakout room on racism where um, individuals had an opportunity to um, discuss if they believe racism exists in Guelph, whether or not they've experienced or witnessed racism. Um, I facilitated the breakout room on identity and how we all experience our Black identity and in what situations we're consciously aware of our Black identity and we, we tend to downplay that Black, black identity. And then um, there was a breakout room on belonging and community, which really explored 
our connection to Guelph and how we came and established ourselves in this wonderful city. Um, so all in all, what really came out of these conversations, we met up all together at the end of these breakout rooms to have a summary discussion of what really stood out to us. And I think that um, what really highlighted is that we're not alone in our experiences with racism, our lack of belonging and how we express our black identity. Um, to conclude this session, we actually had an exercise where um, we asked individuals that participated how they felt after the town hall, what was one word or phrase that mimicked how they were feeling at the moment. And what really stood out was sense of community, not alone, and release. That word release really shook me because um, I think for a long time, many of us have kept our experiences to ourselves of discrimination and lack of belonging. And to finally have a safe space where we could express ourselves and share our story um, we weren't holding our breath anymore and it was like truly a release. So yeah, it was great. That's amazing. Um, Lean, if we could bring you into the conversation, you were project manager for the Guelph Wellington local immigration partnership. So could you explain what that is exactly? Yeah, of course, that uh, question that always come up because <laughs> we have this uh, fluid identity. Actually, since uh, Guelph Wellington Lip started in 2009, uh, we worked mostly on developing community-based partnerships and bring together community stakeholders in support of immigrant integration. So in, in, in other words, just we work with community partners at all levels, including service providers, employers, school boards, government, um, to ensure that newcomers are uh, welcomed and well supported during the settlement process. So some of our projects, the recent one, we looked into newcomer youth mental health services. Uh, we had a community inclusion campaign, um, looked into impact of COVID on newcomers. Mm. And, um, and as part of our efforts to be responsive to emerging needs and priorities, we are recently focusing on issues related to equity, diversity and inclusion. And uh, we're looking into experiences of discrimination in Guelph and Wellington and how to address systemic racism, which is undoubtedly one of the major barriers that uh, affect um, settlement and integration of newcomers in general. So. Now, I believe you're working on a, a specific survey to better understand all, the, all of the issues. What kinds of questions are you asking in that? Yeah, well, actually, that survey, it's, uh, we are asking about experiences of discrimination um, in, in general um, in, in the community in, in Guelph and Wellington. This actually emerged when we started working on addressing issues of diversity and inclusion. And we started to feel that what we, we, we don't know what are the issues that, that immigrants, BIPOC or indigenous residents face in Guelph and Wellington. And we start to feel that most of our projects are more like a stab in the dark. And we felt that we really need need to, to get some more information. So we are asking mostly about their experiences in the community um, uh, and, and how they, uh, that, that they are acting on them, how they feel about them and how they are affecting them. So we are hoping that this uh, will, will, will inform planning and programming in, in the future because uh, without, without data, it's, it's very hard. As I said, it's more like a stab in the dark. So we're hoping that by um, understanding that we can at least have a 
a starting point and a baseline that also will help us measure as we progress. Because unfortunately, most of the data that's available, it's more like at a national level, at a higher level. If we are lucky, it would be at the provincial level. Going a bit local uh, is, uh, is where the challenge start when we look into the data. So then when you get all of that together, what do you do with that? Yeah, that's the biggest question. And that's actually, I'm so happy you asked this because I know that everyone says, so what? We know we get the data and what happened after that. And there is this fatigue of surveys and being asked. And that's definitely not the intention there. Uh, this is a very small step in the process. So we are having this data. We are complementing it with also community conversations, more interactive um, uh, discussions with different communities uh, in the in the city. And we're hoping that all this will lead into actual action. So once we get this knowledge, we will start looking into how this will translate into actual actions, whether at the level of the city as an institution or the city as a city and, and have our community partners. And that's why it's a very, uh, uh, like it's a collective effort. We as LEP maybe uh, like, to some extent leading in that process, but we are not alone. And just like you have most of our partners around here. So you have like the Black Heritage Society, Black Life Matters, Muslim societies, and many among many other uh, organizations we are working with. Wendy, sure. can I add to that as it's also become a component of the community plan? As 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 Lean has said, uh, the data is the data is really really important so that we know what next steps are. So it will help to also inform um, how we're moving with the community plan, and that's part of the the partnership. Yeah, yeah it makes just, sense. It's just building on the listening piece that Marva mentioned. So this is part of the listening that uh, we're hoping to help with. And Sarah, could you share from your vantage point um, how the Muslim community faces systemic racism in Guelph? So, you know, the Muslim community is definitely not a monolithic community, but unfortunately we get uh, boxed into this, uh, the, the category of all Muslims um, with so many assumptions based on um, our experiences and our lives within the city. Uh, we come from from so many different diverse experiences as well as ethnicities and, and cultures, but it unfortunately gets into this um, boxing of, of who Muslims are. And when we talk about, you know, boxing, we, we really end up boxing our lives uh, a lot more. We have our work box, our school box and our home box, and, and we have to adapt to what is a very uh, Eurocentric based city and um, community where our work weeks or our school weeks are based on that Eurocentric work uh, schedule with the Sabbaths being on a designated day um, with, uh, you know, holidays and all of those kinds of things, very Eurocentric, um, but Muslims coming from so many different uh, diverse backgrounds and celebrating different holidays or different religious um, activities, which we incorporate into our daily lives. So that whole thing is really a struggle of how to balance that, that work and life balance is a very different picture for uh, somebody coming from different background or with a different set of religious beliefs that would include, you know, fasting uh, in this month um, and possibly having to take off personal days to, to go to a, a Friday prayer service as opposed to something that's already scheduled on what's considered a weekend. Um, right now we're in the month of Ramadan, and so the last 10 days we're in 
that last week, which is considered such a spiritual week, and people um, have to take off personal time if they want to engage in that spirituality and those night prayers, which then, how do you balance, well, I have to take my vacation time for this, which means I have less vacation time for actually spending with my friends and family or taking my kids somewhere. Um, so how do I balance that out and how do I make those concessions? So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, we, we end up having to put those different boxes of our life rather than allowing them to, to overlap and live um, in a more almost organic way. You know, Sarah, that's something I never even thought of ever. <laughs> so thank you for that enlightenment. You know, just have, sometimes you have to have somebody say it and you go, well, of course it would be different. But, you know, if yeah. you're not, you're not there, you're not thinking that way, I guess. I don't want to yeah. lose you before we talk about, um, I believe it's, is it Building Bridges, the event? I know you want to talk about that. So whoever wants to jump in on that. Yeah, so the Muslim Society of Guelph started organizing an event uh, called Building Bridges Across Communities. And it really came out of this having to, you know, separate our identities and, and wanting to say, hey, uh, your pharmacists or your university professors or your restaurant owners, uh, we are also Muslim. And uh, there's a lot of you know, stigma around racialized communities and what do they contribute to the fabric of Canadian society and they need to assimilate more. And so we wanted to really show that you know, we are part of the society just because we have you know, kind of almost hidden away our religious aspects to make sure that everyone else is comfortable in our work school sphere um, you know we want to be able to bring that out and and, and show our multi-dimensional sides and so that was uh, basically the intent behind building bridges and reaching out to all the different community members uh, services multi-faith groups to say hey we are also part of the city you are part of the city let's build the city together and see what we can come up with. I knew we were going to run out of time because you ladies yeah. are fabulous. Maybe we can do another one and, and you know, get into more of the meat of it. But um, before I let you go, maybe we could just do a quick round table of, uh, if it's possible, um, what would be the best benefit if you could do this, if you could actually eliminate or at least reduce systemic racism? Um, I will start and I will do a, just a, a quick quote as uh, something I learned from Harry Belafonte when he was talking about the uh, assassination of Martin Luther King, the anniversary, 50th anniversary was uh, um, not too long ago. And he said this, we are all wrapped in a single garment of destiny. If we could listen, if we could learn, if we could listen and learn again some more and then act with the realization that we're all wrapped in a single garment of destiny. That's uh, Martin Luther King's words. And I, I think it will make a huge difference in terms of the community that we will build in eliminating systemic racism. Lean? I think by this, we would it would be more like we would be like practicing what we preach as, as Canadians, as just like living our value and, and proving that they are possible. So by reaching that level where everyone is equal in in all like in 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 rights and and they they are accommodated as as they need, I think that would be amazing because we would show that this is doable and we would continue to lead as a country even by example in the world. So that I think important. 
I'll say it sweet and simple. Um, just to reiterate what I said about release um, and everything that's going on in the world, I think, and being cognizant of all of that, finally being able to breathe, I think, you know, with having um, a community that eliminates systemic racism, I think that's what I'd feel. Sarah? Yeah, I think I would follow up with what Nasser had to say uh, that, you know, just not having to choose, not having to prioritize my work versus education versus school or religion that I can, I can do both. I can do all, all of those things together um, and still be recognized as part of the city, part of the country as a Canadian. Thank you, ladies. I feel empowered. I've learned something. I hope we can talk again because I think this is obviously ongoing and something we really need to keep the conversation going. Thank you to Marva, Nazra, Aline, and Sarah for all your insights and your dedication to this vital work. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.